0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Scratch That, and this episode is going to be a very, very special one because we have a special guest on with us today, and we will introduce him right after we jump into our little intro and introduction. So today on the episode, we're going to be talking about Dark Before Dawn, which is breaking benjamin's album that was released on june 23rd of 2015 and the reason we're going to be talking about that is because they have a new album that'll be coming out i believe next week and it's called ember so with that i'm pj mills
1: and i'm melanie mills
0: and you're listening to scratch that our solution for the musical itch yeah Like I said, today we're going to be talking about Dark Before Dawn by Breaking Benjamin. But before we dive in, I want to introduce our very, very special guest. He is the lead singer of the well-known and highly respected rock band Fulcrum Lake out of San Antonio, Texas. He is the one, the only, the magical man, the man with the plan, Daniel Murata. i think that's a
2: little too nice of an intro the the well-known band i thought, uh, come I, that on. might be a
1: little you're, too much you're I, I well think, known in this household.
0: I, I think i think in this house, household as well as on uh the youtube channel which i think a large portion of our listeners are from my youtube channel i i feel like a good chunk of them know fulcrum lake just because of the fact that one i had that review where i talked about y'all's was it your second ep yeah,
2: uh, it was the uh, EP, oh gosh, I can't, it's Verdo, Verdo was the name of it, yeah, exactly. that was 2012.
0: Nice, and then um, obviously y'all had Catalyst that came out after that.
2: That is correct, Catalyst came out in 2015,
0: There so. you go, that's, that's, uh, that's some good stuff there, people. If you have not listened to uh, Fulcrum Lake, uh, make that your homework for this week, because they're definitely awesome. Daniel, like I said, he's the man with the plan, so definitely check out his stuff. It's a lot of good music, and I will say, and, you know, I don't know if you view this as a compliment or so, I I don't really know, but if you're a fan of Breaking Benjamin, I think you might be able to enjoy uh, the Fulcrum Lake sound. Would you agree with that to a certain extent, Daniel? (laughs) I would have to agree to it, but
2: <laughs> it's so funny. Every everywhere we go, uh, we'd play shows all the time, and people would come up to us and say, "Man, you guys really sound like you know Breaking Benjamin." But uh, I don't know uh, us in the band. We never really saw that, and even our uh, even our producer on our last album told us, through, "It's like you guys are nothing like Breaking Benjamin." I, I don't know why yeah. they say that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we
0: get it at shows all the time. So I, I don't know. That's funny. And, and, uh, you know, it's funny, and and, uh, this is just kind of like seamless transition here. Uh, When it comes to uh, y'all's band and then listening to Dark Before Dawn, really the only track that stood out to me like, oh, yeah, this kind of reminds me of Fulcrum Lake was like the intro track. That's about it, you know? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, it's... So,
2: so this is going to sound bad, but it's actually one of... I know it's, it's, it's not even a real song. It's not, it's not a yeah. song. It's yeah, an it's intro not. track. It's like one of my favorite tracks off the album. So oh, no, yeah. It's, it's actually so really bad. good. It's, uh, and, and, and
0: we'll dive into more details in regards to the album. But I, uh, as we normally do in the podcast, let's go ahead and start out with our one word that we've picked to describe the album in a unique way. Um, and I'll go ahead and get us started off here. Um, the word I chose is rodeo. And obviously, for our listeners that maybe aren't from an area where rodeos are common, uh, we're from the beautiful state of Texas where rodeos happen all the time, and they're definitely super popular. Um, But one of the main events at the rodeo is the bull riding. And when it comes to bull riding, um, there's a lot of anticipation, a lot of buildup, and then that gate flings open, and things just go crazy. The bull is bucking, the cowboy's flailing, and... 9 out of 10 times the cowboy goes flying and it's just this like crazy occasionally massacre that happens. Um but the truth of the matter is is it's kind of nice to see the cowboy up on the bull, you know what I'm saying? It's there there's an excitement to it. Um but then also uh, more often than not like I said the cowboy goes flying. So, when it comes to this album, I kind of feel and this is kind of getting into um some of my opinion, but I think it's good to see Breaking Benjamin up on the bull again. Uh, I've definitely missed their uh, perspective. But uh, I can't say that it was a flawless performance from start to finish because I, I kind of feel like as a group, maybe uh, maybe they went flying off the bull just a little bit. Oh but it's still good to see them on the bull. Um, so, Melanie, why don't you tell us your one word?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, mine's more of like an acronym, I guess. But I went with BMW, like the BMW? Car like the car because for me you know if you look at the $30,000 model all the way up to like the $80,000 model of a BMW you can't really tell a difference like if you're not a car person (laughs) you can't really tell a difference and I've always considered I mean it's still a beautiful car but I've always considered Breaking Benjamin to be like my BMW band it's like I love them I I would love to have them around do you know what I mean but pretty much all their albums are kind of the same
0: (laughs) Okay. And
1: it's like it's like a BMW.
0: Okay. For me personally, so it's like a luxury that, car.
1: Like a luxury car that happens to look the same in a ginormous price range. And
0: there you go. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, I love it, Daniel. Why don't you give us
2: uh, your one word? I, uh, I'm. Mine is going to be so similar to Melanie's. It's great. <laughs> uh, my word for this album was predictable.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> there you go. This album. I, I've I been a fan of Breaking Benjamin for, for a long time. I like their stuff. I think they're very talented. I think uh, Benjamin Burnley, if that's how you pronounce his last name. I think I, it's Burnley. I, I believe so. Uh, I, he has an incredible voice, and I think he can hit some incredible ranges. But when it comes to... Um, a complexity or a variety you won't really get that with breaking benjamin you know what you're getting it's it's yeah. that diner on the end of the street where you order the same thing every single time you go mm-hmm. in there for 20 years and yeah. it never changes absolutely
1: yeah
0: But hey, uh, they still got customers flocking back to get that chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes. You know what I'm saying? No, nobody makes it quite like they do.
1: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Classic
0: all the way through. Um, But let's go ahead now that we've kind of uh, shared our little bit of our thoughts with our one word. Let's go ahead and jump into the good that we are the things that we enjoyed about the album. Um, And uh, Daniel, why don't you start us off with a something that you really enjoyed from Dark Before Dawn?
2: I think the thing that I enjoyed the most—I uh, mean, literally more than anything—is just the fact that they're back. Absolutely. Like, I—I I know I'm, we're probably going to dive into this a little bit. There are some things you know that uh, I learned <laughs> more about Breaking Benjamin. I kind of knew a little bit about the story about why they were gone, yeah, um, and why they were on hi- hiatus, but I, I didn't know the full story. And I, I did a little bit of did a little bit of digging. So I'm sure we'll dive into that a little more later. Oh but- yeah. More than anything, I think the exciting thing is just the fact that they're back. They're doing what they've been doing since the very beginning, and it seems like their audience hasn't disappeared. It's like it's there. In fact... It seems like they have a bigger audience now than they ever have, and yeah, like, that's kind of the
0: crazy thing about it. Well, like failure, uh, the lead single from this album, lead single from this album, is like one of their most popular tracks to date. Which, considering their long hmm. absence, it's pretty shocking how like they can be gone for so long and then come back with a single and it explodes to the extent that that song did. And I, I <laughs> looking at like the kind of the rankings with it, because I believe uh, for their. Their career, their top three singles, like on the success rate, the only three singles that have gone up to number one spot on the Billboard was Diary of Jane, which comes as no surprise, and then I Will Not Bow, and then Failure, which I'm like, that's pretty crazy that they can be gone for so long and still get a a number one hit. You know, it's pretty impressive. Well, and I wonder if some of that
2: is kind of just the shock of the fact that a band disappeared for a long time, and then you have just all this buildup and all this hype, and so then when they do come back, you know, you you'll get listeners, and you'll you, that you'll get fans that have been fans with them for years, yeah, and then you get people who've never heard of them, and they'll be like, oh, cool, yeah, this is a band, and yeah, yeah exactly. they make they make quality music. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, I think I read somewhere, and I, I I have notes here too, but I'm I'm pretty sure I can confirm that I think in the first week. it sold 141 units which was by far their most successful you know first week release and that's the number one thing that labels care about yeah uh is your first week sales so 141 uh uh, units that were sold which is just ridiculous yeah that's
0: remarkably impressive especially considering their long hiatus but um, let's go ahead and jump into a little bit more of the good and, and we will get in, like you mentioned, Daniel, we will get into kind of specifics, uh, surrounding the hiatus and whatnot. Cause there's definitely some interesting, uh, juicy tidbits. There's there. some
2: juicy bits in there. Yeah, right? exactly. And, that, and, and if you haven't heard the story. It's worth listening to.
0: Exactly. So, um, but let's, uh, Melanie, what What do you mm-hmm. think are some good aspects
1: of this album? So I actually really, really like this album. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Which I wasn't really looking forward to reviewing this album when we kind of chose it because I was like, oh man, I've heard like so much of what they've done and it yeah. all sounds so similar. But um, I actually really uh, enjoyed this album. There were a lot of fun things on it. Um, I, I Okay, If you get to like half of track number four and then down, that's the part I like. The first few I could do without, to be 100% honest. But after that, there was some lyrics that I like in there. Okay. Um, My drum instructor, Matt... Tried to uh, get me to play Breaking the Silence. I remember that. <laughs> I was initially like <laughs> very hesitant, very hesitant to do that because I was like, oh, I don't want to play a Breaking Benjamin song. But I can say that one, that's a really fun one to play on the drums, like there that, like the initial part that kind of comes back um, throughout the song. That's really fun to play on the drums. And then, um, you know, just all the way down, there's just some good, I think, musically, it's pretty good. They okay. did do some different things. Um, like I said, kind of passed that number four point um, on down the album. And then also just lyrically, I kind of liked listening to what he had to say
0: to okay. be honest.
1: So I think there was some good things, some good qualities about this album. Cool.
0: Um. So what I want to go into as far as what I thought was really uh, good and impressive is something you kind of touched on Daniel, but it's uh Benjamin Burnley's vocal range. Um, I think there's a lot of talent when it comes to his singing ability and that's one thing that I think has uh, actually, it actually surprised me that his voice has uh, stood up as long as it has. Um, because at this point, he's in his 40s and he's still like got that deep growl and he can still sing the high notes and there's a lot of range there. That very th-
1: much like a 20-year-old. <laughs> exactly. It's very, imp- it's very impressive. <laughs> so, um, kudos. But
0: um, I, w- I did want to highlight one specific track that I really, really enjoyed and that's close to heaven, which is track six. Oh yeah. Um, I thought honestly that's one of the better Breaking Benjamin songs that I've heard, and it's not it's not necessarily a heavy song. It's no. just the melody of it is really really something interesting. It's very very memorable and and I hate to use I hate to use the word beautiful when it comes to a rock oh, band.
1: I, I thought it was very pretty. I'll, but I'll well, it's, it. it's the
0: type of thing that it, it's like when I listen to it, I'm like, this is a very beautiful song, and the, I think mm-hmm. the lyrics really fit it well but i know like when it comes to rock groups and daniel maybe you agree with this i i don't know if beautiful is the word you want to hear when you're listening to like people talking about your music like oh yeah that song is beautiful you know but uh, uh, on the contrary, I actually like the term "beautiful." I think right. that's a
2: great term to use because you have to think about it this way, from from an artist's perspective. And, and you make art yourself. You know, you do this podcast, you do videos and things like that. Anytime you, you make something creative, uh-huh. you're, that's an artistic expression that yes. you're releasing out into the world. And so, if somebody looks at it and it you know brings them joy, or they look at it and they see beauty in it, uh-huh. it doesn't matter what it is. I I, I mean, even even some of the I think, rawest, you know, most heaviest... Metal out there would still appreciate if somebody said, "Oh man, you play really beautifully," yeah, or yeah. you sing beautifully, or even you scream in a beautiful way, yeah, that you can feel that emotion. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And 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 I know we're talking about uh, Breaking Benjamin here, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I, I think of like screams from like Chester Bennington, the late Chester Bennington yeah. from mm-hmm. Linkin Park. A lot of people would describe his screams as beautiful because they could hear like other voices and aspects. In there and yeah. I think I think Benjamin or Ben I guess as he, as he formally goes by I, I think he really does uh, uh, hit some of those notes at times so yeah I, I don't think whether he's screaming singing I mean he he definitely has a very unique voice yes that um, that uh, I think you could portray as beautiful
0: well I think it's the type of thing for me that that's always been one of the strongest parts of breaking Benjamin is uh, Benjamin Burnley's voice. Uh, it just it, it it was the type of thing that like because obviously you know there's especially initially in their career uh, with I believe saturate uh, there was definitely he was definitely trying to kind of sound like maybe a little bit of uh, Nirvana maybe a little bit of Pearl Jam yeah, I agree mixed with, with a little bit of uh, I I hate to say Nickelback and Creed but there was <laughs> oh my god init, that time Jeez. yeah it, it, it was, was that time. time in the music uh, yeah. world but it's the type of thing that like. It's, it's been really neat to kind of see his voice mature and kind of develop into something that's very unique and very you know ultimately breaking Benjamin um, and I think I think his voice is definitely it's still it's it's very much here it's still great to listen to um, and yeah I, I think uh, I also really enjoyed ashes of Eden Um I thought that song really displayed his voice in a good way. And I think that's probably the best expression of his voice on this album. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Without a doubt. And in fact, we were listening to it in the car uh, the other day, and my wife leaned over and asked me, and she said, Is that his real voice? cause that doesn't sound like a real person's voice Yeah. and we had to go and look up a live acoustic version of it. And yeah. obviously in today's technology, they can alter your voice even in a live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's hard to say whether they did or not, I mean, I would probably say that that's legitimately his voice and it, and it does come through really strong, but yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, no You're good. No. You're good. You're good.
0: Um, Oh, let's see. I, I want to see, I think there was something else I wanted to say about, um, this ashes, um, ashes of Eden. Yeah, well, not specific, just the album and some of the the things that I, I enjoyed about positives. it. Um, I I know we kind of mentioned this earlier, but the uh, the intro track, I, th- I think it's called Dark, and then they have the the outro track, which is Dawn, um, which is kind of one of those things that you know, dark before dawn is like, huh, you know. But um, as far as intros. <laughs> I actually- I did not notice that. You didn't notice that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know.
0: No. <laughs> oh learn something new every day. Took the podcast. Oh, that's
1: great. There I you go. That. Um but I thought that's one,
2: of, that's one of those hidden things that artists yeah. do, you know, just exactly. kind of like a little
0: special treat. Like a little I, I I, this one was
2: kind of in plain sight. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll be honest, but. Oh, if hey, it was yeah. a snake, it would have bit you.
0: <laughs> but I can say um, as far as intro tracks go, because I know we were kind of talking about this, but I think sometimes intro tracks can just kind of be like, all right, hurry up and get to the point, you know? Um, But with this intro track, specifically uh, the intro, I actually really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought it was, it it was very simple. It was to the point, but it didn't actually because I'm looking at the runtime now. I'm like, oh, it didn't actually feel like two minutes. Like it felt like it, like, it starts and stops, and it's like, oh, that was actually a really pleasant little intro. Because there's just something about the acoustic kind of uh, plucking, and then like the atmosphere, and then kind of his voice in the distant distance that I actually thought was really enjoyable. And I can say it definitely uh, was a lot more uh, interesting than the intro um, from Phobia. Um, which, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about little tiny sections of the album that people probably don't even think about they probably just skip it automatically (laughs) but for me like this is one of the intros that actually stood out and this is a rarity because most of the time i skip intros but this one actually was like oh this one's actually like it's a nice little piece of music you know what i mean um and most of that was composed by the guitar player i believe his name is jason roch i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly or not but interestingly and this is just a fun fact he was the guitar player for red on their first two albums and now he plays for breaking benjamin so i think that's kind of interesting but uh i thought would
2: you say that's a step up in his
0: career would or would say you that's say that's
1: a, a step, step down i would say that's a step up daniel uh, well it's <laughs> a step up it, okay oh, well, here, here's the thing if you're in looking personal-
0: at if you're looking at popularity and audience it's a step up because breaking benjamin is better that- than red um, yes,
2: no, and I get and I get that. I think any I think most people, even people who listen to your podcast, yeah, could probably agree that Breaking Benjamin is much more popular. But that wasn't necessarily my question. In your eyes, yes. is it a step up or do you think it's a step down?
0: Well, okay, here's the thing. My personal opinion is I've always personally preferred red. And I know this is the type of thing that this is kind of a rabbit trail, but the truth is, I I feel like it's hard to talk about bringing Benjamin without bringing up Red because there are so many similarities between the two. It's fair. And and honestly, they've collaborated before in the past. Um, yeah. But it's the type of thing because they do kind of have similar singing styles. I would say Michael Barnes is maybe a little bit uh, more flexible than Benjamin Burnley, but both of them have really great voices. They kind of scream in a similar fashion. Uh, I think, obviously, Red, obviously, um, kind of pulls more from strings and orchestral uh, elements and whatnot, Um, but, you know, there's occasionally moments where Breaking Benjamin dives into that, but for me personally, I've always really enjoyed Red, but um, I do enjoy Breaking Benjamin, but yeah, no, I, I think if I'm being honest, it is a step up just because of the, obviously, the band is bigger. And you know the the new album is kind of taken off to a very significant extent, and I think if if I'm being honest, he's probably in a pretty happy place. So I'm I don't think he's uh, got any uh, upset feelings over the whole thing. Um, no, I don't think he has any regrets either. Exactly. I, I think
2: I think if if you're playing in front of uh, you know 500 people versus like 10,000 people, yeah, I think I'd take the
0: 10,000 people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's just... This is this is this is a, a fair assessment. Um and I want to get into one more positive um in regards to the album that I enjoyed and uh and I, I know we kind of touched on this but I think that one of the strong points of this album and again this could be viewed as a negative or a positive it kind of depends on how you assess it but I do think that if you are a Breaking Benjamin fan, you will enjoy this album to a certain extent because of the fact that is it is a hundred percent Breaking Benjamin. Uh-huh. Like it, it's not really. And I know we talked about how it's like, oh, it's kind of same old, same old. But if you're a Breaking Benjamin fan that likes the same old, same old, it, you know, it's gonna fit right into your wheelhouse. And so it's the type of thing that I think they deserve respect in in regards to the fact that they're able to still meet that quota. They're still able to sound like the the old band. You know what I mean? Um and so that's that's the last positive I have on here. Um so let's go ahead and jump into uh the maybe the things we're not so crazy about, but before we do that, um Daniel, I wanna I wanna cover kind of the uh, the history of Breaking Benjamin <laughs> before this album and kind of all the drama that went down. I, am I your local Breaking Benjamin expert? Is that well, I, I'm I'm not saying that because I, I I'm I'm kind of informed on the story mm-hmm. as well. But I, why don't you kind of lead the charge on this? Because obviously, you know, you're a special guest, and I want to milk you for all that you're worth. <laughs> <laughs> All the all the all the money that you're paying me to be on this, exactly, right? exactly,
1: all. 15 cents so uh, oh, yeah,
2: there you there hey 15 cents uh could buy me nothing so Ex- you know exactly uh i was about to say buy me a cup of coffee but no it's not yeah, even gonna buy you okay <laughs> exactly starbucks <laughs> starbucks is what like 15 bucks yeah. a cup of coffee maybe nowadays? Maybe, tw- around there. maybe 20 30 years ago you could have gotten 20 that, uh, there you go that's what i'm looking for that's what there I'm looking you go. for. But, anyways, no. So, it's actually kind of funny that you want to know the history because it kind of dives into the next topic that you want to jump into, which are the negatives. Yes. uh, About this album. Um, (sighs) The negative thing about this album is what your last positive was. It's the fact that it was just 100% Breaking Benjamin. Uh That there just is nothing new. But the interesting thing about it is that I can't really fault Breaking Benjamin for doing that. Yes. Like being gone for as long as they were, it, it kind of makes sense that they would release something that they wouldn't alienate their fans, you know, wouldn't uh-huh. alienate the people that helped them get to that point. But for those that don't know why they were on hiatus, it's a bit of a unique story. And PJ, you said you did some research yourself too. Yes. Uh, I've done a lot of research on this because, I don't know, this type of stuff interests me. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I'd, I knew they had been gone, uh, but I didn't really know why. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, Benjamin Burnley, uh, started suffering some severe, um, illness, uh, something that still has not been diagnosed to this day. He yeah. doesn't know what it is, but it causes him extreme pain. It's a mystery thing. Uh, he believes, and some of the doctors that he's seen, uh, believes that, uh, it could be related to the fact that, uh, he was an excessive alcoholic. Yeah. And, He's mentioned many times in interviews that he wished he'd never touched a uh, 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 single drop of alcohol. In fact, this new album that's coming out, I believe, is the first album that he has said that he did not have any alcohol influenced. the, the Ember one that I'm referring to, the one that's coming out this year. Is the only album that I believe didn't does he has not taken a single drop of alcohol during the entire writing process? Okay,
0: I thought but, I thought, and I could be wrong, but I thought they said that about Dear Agony, but it may have been like oh, excessively. Oh, I'm sorry, you are correct. I think you might be correct. I think it might be Dear Agony. Oh,
2: zing! I'm sorry. Gotcha. I you you okay? So so come on, I gotta you know see you're you're my
0: fact checker.
2: Yeah, all keep, right? keeping you on you
0: your toes, Daniel.
2: No, the so the the story that I know is that uh, during a during the middle of their tour. Uh, he had uh, some issues with this illness and they had to end up canceling the tour. Uh Uh, When they returned, um, their records was asking for two new master recordings and they were also asking for a Greatest uh, Hits album and they sought to uh, get permission to release uh, new versions of a couple of different songs. Uh Uh, During that timeframe, the guitarist and the bassist for the band uh, did uh, grant that permission to the company and in Return, the uh, record uh, label paid them each $100,000 as a result of it. Uh, Burnley then later uh, filed a lawsuit against them saying that he was never made aware of the actions Uh, that he did not give his consent nor permission and he uh, counter or he filed a lawsuit against each of them for 250,000 in punitive damages and um, uh, as well as a few other things. He basically was trying to get everything back that they could have possibly gained from giving permission without him giving permission. Yeah. And this went into a serious legal battle yeah. that tied up everything for Breaking Benjamin for a long time. They were going back and forth saying, no, he knew about it. He was saying, no, I didn't. Uh, in the end, the lawyer for that was representing um, uh, Benjamin Bur- uh, Burnley had stated that the only thing he really wanted was he wanted the name and he wanted to be able to continue making Breaking Benjamin music. Yeah. He just wanted to be free of the entire thing. I, I don't think that he ended up getting any money, but there as far as I know, there's no information in regards to that. They settled it out of court. so yeah. it was never a, a finalized uh, a court case. And so then came the new process of you know building a new album and and starting over again without your you know two main instrument components your lead guitarist and your bassist and shortly after that the drummer left the band as well citing creative differences uh in moving forward my guess is is that all that tension that was there from before just wasn't good for anyone yeah exactly you know? so yeah. Probably, probably weird, (laughs) probably weird, probably weird for the guy who's like, ah, my parents just
0: got separated. Who do I go with? Exactly. (laughs) So now uh, one, one thing I think that is interesting and and I kind of want to ask your opinion, Daniel. Um, Sure. For me, I remember talking about this uh, with a friend of mine back in the day, but I remember when all this was going on um, and then there were kind of whispers before Dark Before Dawn came out that Breaking Benjamin was going to be releasing new music. And I remember a friend of mine was like, oh, it's not going to sound the same. The bands all broke up and stuff like that. But I was, um, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back when I say this, but I was saying like, I kind of think Benjamin Burnley is breaking Benjamin. Like I think he (laughs) is the voice and the writer and everything creative with the band. So I'm like, if he's there, I think it's going to still be Breaking Benjamin. You know what I mean? I think that's a great observation. And, and to be honest with you, I,
2: I maybe I misspoke in stating that, you know, they wouldn't be able to have any sort of direction or anything like that without having, you know, your bassist or your lead guitarist. Because I, I agree with you. I think what makes Breaking Benjamin breaking benjamin is benjamin yeah exactly (laughs) i know i I said benjamin three times but that is the truth he really is the key component in in, and the sole you know uh driver of the train which is kind of leaning into my negatives it kind of scares me of what their future could look like Uh Uh, just in terms of even like his apparel i think benjamin burnley lives in the late 90s early 2000s (laughs) i don't I I don't think he wants to leave. He doesn't want to leave that time frame because that was literally the time of when his band was right there in the mix with all the other bands. Not to say, I mean, they're much more popular now than they were from before, but they're kind of on an island on their own. There aren't
0: too many bands that you could really say fit in that same genre anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing I'm curious about, um, because bo- um, all three of us are pretty big Chevelle fans. Um, you've seen Chevelle a good handful of times in Concert Daniel, as well as Melly and I. Um, and I'm kind of curious because, um, I, I, you know, and obviously, you know, they're a little bit different. I'm not saying that they're like, you know, oh, yeah, they're exactly the same. But as far as like rock bands that are still kind of existing from the mid 2000s that were popular back then, um, how do you think like, because obviously Chevelle never went away. They, they've always kind that's of, fair they've always been here but breaking Benjamin went away for a long time and now, and then came back um do you think it actually helped Breaking Benjamin because they were gone for so long and, and then they had this big comeback? Do you think that actually was an advantage for them or do you think that oh. they were just that much more popular? No, no, I, I,
2: I'm probably going to lean on the side of the first option. I, I okay. think it helped the fact because there was story around it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's not like they lost. I don't think they lost anything with their label. I I know that Benjamin Burnley um, produced uh dark before dawn and i know he's producing ember yeah and in his and in his own words he's like i didn't do anything different on these albums than i did in the other albums he yeah. said so i don't really understand the whole producer credit other than the fact that maybe i should have been getting producer credit for all of our albums yeah i, well, I,
0: yeah. I remember reading that and i was like laughing because i'm like so you're telling me that you basically do everything yeah <laughs> so I,
2: I think he does yeah it's exactly. thing yeah. that's
0: it's and that's I, a, I buy it i buy it 100 percent. and i just think that's funny because it's the type of thing that like when you look at the producer credits on their past albums it's like definitely not benjamin burnley i'm like well okay who's this guy like i mean he's clearly a well-known producer but i'm like what was he doing you know was he just like listening to the songs and being like all right that sounds good you know
2: you know, even 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 though he he writes probably the majority of everything that's that ends up on the album, uh, I I still am surprised in a way that they were able to capture that sound again. And and, and it's not like it's a very difficult sound to get to. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. I think he's very smart about getting there. But I mean, even for myself, I, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here. But even for myself, the the project Fulcrum Lake, you know, all of my band members that I've ever had have always kind of told me and and they see it as my project because I'm you know the the one who handles all the social media behind uh-huh. the scenes I'm the one who usually initiates you know new song uh, uh, new songs and new you know ideas that we're looking at but I have to say that certain songs on our albums wouldn't be what they are. Without the other members, because yeah, yeah. they contributed so much to them, and so even though I feel like I'm kind of the soul behind the band, there's no way that I would be able to produce the same quality or the same, uh, even quantity, if you will. Not that we've released that much, but you know, even the same quantity without you know the other members, and so that's that's what's kind of unique, I think, is the fact that they were able to capture that sound again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Um... But um, and I know I know we kind of uh, we veered off when it came to the story and whatnot. Um, And I want to jump back into kind of uh, maybe some more negatives in regards to the album. Um, And and it kind of like you mentioned before, it kind of wraps up into the story because I think all this affects the album. And, you know, it it definitely, you know, there's a history there. But and I can say um, as a negative, uh, the lyrics didn't really go into as much as I was hoping they would. Um, and for me personally, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of, there was a lot of stuff going on in Benjamin Burnley's life before this album came out. And I remember when I heard it was coming out, I I guess I would have thought that there would have been more kind of richness in the lyrics and maybe I'm not saying necessarily like a story form, but just, just more like, okay, like here's a good example. Like with, uh, the three days grace split. And then when uh, St. Asonia got formed uh, with uh, Adam Gontier, it was was pretty clear that that album, the St. Asonia album, very much revolves around the split with Three Days Grace. At least that's my perspective. Um, And then Benjamin Burnley goes through something. And I'm not saying I want him to create a rock album that's whiny and all like, man, you guys really screwed me over and I'm so upset about it. But I'm just like... I, the lyrics kind of didn't really surprise me it was kind of the same thing over and over again and i know we talked about you know how that's kind of one of the negatives with this album and there were moments that i thought the lyrics were okay but they kind of the entire album just kind of jumps around the topic of uh like you know angels the devil heaven hell eden death <laughs> life you and know like very, i have to, very basic controversial yeah, stuff exactly <laughs> i do have
1: to disagree because Okay, I can respect artists who value their privacy. Uh-huh. So I can respect artists who aren't like, oh, we're going to use all this drama to really like, That's you know, fair. pump up the popularity of the band. So I actually like the fact that he wasn't like, oh, screw all you guys or something in the lyrics. Um, And the lyrics, I thought they were still, um, I mean, they were definitely functional. And honestly, I thought they were a little vulner- vulnerable. Like, I wouldn't say that they were just... Putting it all out there, but I thought there was some vulnerability in these lyrics, so I'm gonna have to disagree with you. That's PJ. fair. That's fair.
2: <laughs> um, well, it's in it's in my nature to disagree with people as well, Melanie. But I'm gonna have to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and and let me say, let me tell you why. Uh, Benjamin Burnley has never been afraid to talk about his problems. He has many phobias that he, which is why they have an album called Phobia. Yes. He's afraid of the dark. Yes. He's afraid of flying. So they've never actually flown and gone on tour to Europe they take a ferry boat to go between the United States and Europe if you want my perspective on why i think you didn't hear anything about it i think it really just had to do with legal stuff That's he was true. so sick and, and I could be wrong. I, this is just my interpretation uh, as an artist, because as an artist, you want to talk about those things, because yeah. that's when you find the true form that that rawness yeah. that brings forth uh, what you described earlier as beauty. That's only found when an artist is giving everything that he has, and sometimes mm-hmm. artists can be very cryptic about it. Yeah. That's why Pete from Chevelle, you brought him up earlier. He doesn't tell what all of his songs are about. He doesn't yeah. say what and they're I about. Love he didn't that. even. Say that again.
1: <laughs> I love that about him.
2: See, that's great. But see, he's still getting it across. Whereas mm-hmm. with songs with Breaking Benjamin, I, I feel like they're very black and white. You can you know exactly what he's talking about for the majority of the stuff. And I feel like he just went with a safe album. And, and PJ, you said that you don't feel like that emotion is there quite like it was on the other ones i think it's because he was talking about just basic stuff he wasn't diving into his phobias he wasn't diving into his problems he was just
0: talking about generic stuff that all people deal with well i and and, i I think it's the type of thing that like even with you know phobia which i I think for most people that is the album that like if if they know about breaking benjamin that's it's a good chance that that's I don't want that's to say that's probably the album they know. It, no, it's, it's exactly, their most popular. Exactly. So it's the type of thing. And like, you know, obviously a lot of people know Diary of Jane. That's a very popular song. But it's the type of thing that like, for me, and we'll just focus on Diary of Jane specifically. And that's, I don't even necessarily think that's like their best song, but because it's their most popular one, I think it's kind of a good, solid example. Uh, even with that song, uh, you know, it's, it's memorable for the sake of the fact that it's kind of like, you know this lyrical topic of like oh trying to find my way into basically the diary of a girl or the diary of a jane you know it's like it it is common in a way but it's like it's done in a very unique way that makes it memorable like when you hear the song on the radio what sticks out to you besides the opening kind of doo 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 that was a terrible <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> version of diary of jane but the opening <laughs> guitar uh guitar it's not a riff it's a guitar lick um the guitar lake is Diary of Jane, like that idea, you know, like, I want to find my way into the Diary of Jane. It's like, and so that stuck with people. And so like, it helped to, you know, propel the album and the song into you know, the spotlight, because it's very memorable, you know, um, with um, Dark Before Dawn, there there wasn't really a moment that stood out to me as like a a memorable kind of lyric that really kind of had a punch to it necessarily.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I gotta be honest. So after reviewing the uh Three Days, Three Grace, Days Grace album where the lyrics were horrible <laughs> this was like <laughs> such an upgrade for me. So maybe well, yeah, that's yeah. why.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I agree maybe this is better is than the Three Days Grace album. I
1: am like Oh, much better. I'm glad this
2: isn't an episode about Three Days Grace. I would rip them apart. Yeah. (laughs) Not a big Three Days Grace fan. I hate their lyric writing.
1: It was pretty terrible. Like, this last one was... It was pretty hard to listen to. Like, it was super cringeworthy but this album i'm like okay i could have this on in the car it doesn't bother me there you go Do you know what i mean yeah with three yeah. days grace i'm like you can just you can't just not hear the lyrics like you are stuck well they're it's, like forced down your throat and they're terrible and you're just like oh, get them away yeah go away well you know they
0: they ain't what they used to be is how i like to put it but you know obviously for for those listeners that haven't listened to the three days grace review i recommend you jump on over and listen to that because that is a that that review is rich and full of uh, fantastic uh, contributions from the beautiful Melanie Mills and myself in regards to our love and admiration for that album. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, another thing um, in regards to the album that I wasn't necessarily crazy about is, uh, and I know, let's see here. Um is, is the production work? And I know we were kind of talking about the fact that Benjamin Burnley produced this album and, you know, played a major part in all their albums. Uh, but for me, I, I don't know. I and Maybe this has been me being super critical, but I honestly think from a production standpoint, this might be one of their most boring albums, strictly from a production standpoint, because... And I know this seems harsh, but the guitars bored me, the drums bored me, the bass bored me. There was, no, there was no moment on the album that any of the instrumentation really grabbed me. Like we mentioned before, the best part was his vocals, that, you know, his voice sounds great, but the instrumentation was just, it just kind of, it, it just kind of existed. There was nothing special about it. And they've had albums where the guitars have a punch, the drums have a punch, and for me personally, it just wasn't on this album. You know, I, and, don't,
1: I don't think that it's that they don't have a punch. I just think that we've heard it, this all before so many times. I think we're just all ready for something okay. a little different. So I... I, I, I mean, that's fair.
0: Tuned. But I, see, when, when I think of like... Uh, now I'm trying to think of a specific example, but... Okay. Honestly, so I-
2: you could pick any album from like the last, what, five years. And the production quality, I mean, the technology that's out there now has completely changed. Yeah. People are finding new ways mm-hmm. to create new types of tones. And that's why, I mean, ultimately, if I were to, you know, say what my final thoughts were on this album, I would say that this album gets a pass just because you guys were gone for a long time. You didn't want to alienate your fans. So from a production quality, I, I feel like it fits very similar. This could have been released back when Phobia was released, and it would have been perfectly fine. No one would have batted an eye at this. But the fact that it was released in, what, t- 2016, right? Or, or I'm sorry, what? It, what no, it was, it was 2015. I'm sorry, 2014. 2015. 2015, I'm sorry. So 2015. I mean the if you think about it, I I can't think of a, a single album off the top of my head right now but if you think of any other album rock album that was released during that time period just the quality and the tones and the production value is just so much higher and maybe it's just because Benjamin Burnley really was in the driver's seat but and- but
0: but here's the thing and it's it's I'm not necessarily specific like when I say production and instrumentation I'm more talking about like I'm not necessarily talking about like, oh, how everything sounded from a recording standpoint. I more just mean like the like the the riffs and the just the, you know, the drum patterns and stuff like that. Because like for me, I think like, OK, like obviously Diary of Jane, like we mentioned before, that opens up with a, you know, a memorable little guitar riff. There's not really any memorable guitar riff or anything guitar related. The only moment on the album that really stood out to me from a guitar perspective was the opening, the intro track. Um and that and that obviously there's not really any singing it's just you that know, it's I just a lot of like... well I was just gonna say a lot of the guitar work is is just kind of like you know your run of the mill power chord progression or just something like Lack that. lackluster exactly yeah. it just it left me kind of thinking like oh I mean they've had like unknown sold unknown soldier from uh. From Phobia. That's another uh, Breaking Benjamin song that has kind of a memorable little uh, riff attached to it. And I'm just like, and again, I'm not trying to be like, dude, where's the riffs, bro? But I'm like, there just wasn't a lot of memorable moments from a. And I'm a, I'm a big sucker for guitar, so any, any guitar stuff is always going to stick out to me and be like, hey, check me out. But it was just one thing that I noticed from this album that it just it. it they've They've done it before, and it sounded really good, but here it just it didn't really blow me away. You know what i mean do Do you not feel like maybe some
2: of that has to do with the fact that Again, uh, and I know I've said this a couple times and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but because, you know, Ben just really didn't want to alienate his fans that maybe he just held the hands of the other guitar players and are like, okay, no, we're going to stay as basic as we possibly can. I don't want anything out there. Ridiculous. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but I really feel like the like delivery of this album was so intentional like it just feels like it was it was so over the top process and i'm not talking about like the actual quality i just mean like they just they probably had meetings over this song is too out there we're not going to use it yeah you know type of no no no,
0: no. i i agree and i definitely think that's a strong possibility because the truth is is i listened to like i don't know if you've heard any of the new singles from ember already But I I, I can say that a couple of them have stood out to me as like, okay, this is more interesting from an instrumentation standpoint. So I think you have a good point when you say that there's probably a lot of control going on with Dark Before Dawn. Um, Again, though, it's I I think it's the type of thing that ultimately, I think it was a safe move. Uh, But you know, I'm all about taking a big gutsy step forward. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, I, I get it, but then also I'm like, hey, I'm re- I'm ready for some gutsy Benjamin. I mean, I agree Benjamin.
1: with that. I, I think they're at a point in their career where yeah. they probably needed to try that. I, yeah, I, yeah. And I, I, I'm I not disagreeing will. with that. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't think that the album was as bad as yours.
0: Oh, no, no. I don't, I don't think it's horrendous <laughs> by any means. I, no, I think it it's has some like, really strong so
1: points. So, it's a little radio friendly. So, you know, old fans are going to like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's so fair. So it's not risky.
0: That's fair. You know? That's fair. I, and it's again, so I'm, not, I'm not saying like every album needs to be this massively risky business that could put, potentially alienate fans. It's, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this was like, if this was a chess move, this would be moving a pawn forward. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 that's so great.
2: That's, that's perfect. That's a great. Oh, I love that analogy. That's Perfect. And Melanie, I hope you understand, even though I have a lot of negative things that I'm saying about this, I still like Breaking Benjamin, I still think there's songs off of this album that are redeemable, and like I said, I give it a pass, like, uh, I only give it a pass because I just really felt like they were just trying to be as uh, predictable as possible, Uh and... It it, it, like I said, it just it comes off in a way that as a if you're if you're I I, I'm not gonna say I'm a diehard fan or like I'm a true fan because I don't believe I am. I don't listen to them on a on a very regular basis, but every now and then I'll I'll pop one of their tracks in, listen to it, and be like, oh yeah, I remember the times when I used to listen to this when I was a youngling. (laughs) But when it, yeah, when it comes to this, I, I think the thing that just that that hurts as a fan of music is just feeling like it was so intentional mm-hmm. that it doesn't it feels like it loses some of the artistic quality. yeah,
1: I mean, it was definitely but, a safe album for sure. But I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Daniel. Like I do. I just, you know when we live in an era where I don't feel like there's a lot of Real rock music being made, I I can't hate on them too much for. Oh this, yeah, 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 you know
2: that's fair. No, that's very fair. Everyone is is so over over processed and and has so many different electronic effects and and all sorts of weird things. So yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. I would have to say that uh, in today's day and age, you're you're not going to find anyone who quite makes rock like Breaking Benjamin and I think that's probably why even though this was a very safe move for them I think that's why they had such a huge spike in popularity again is that yeah. mm-hmm. there's such a, a small group of people and, and honestly I think bands like Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle are going to be like uh no, I'm not I'm not putting them on this level so so hear me out here but I think they're like the bands like Guns N Roses or they're a band like, um, why is the other one, The Rolling Stones, that's the other one I was thinking of, where their generation and all those other bands just disappear, nobody hears from them anymore, Nobody listens to them anymore unless they're just listening to the classics, yet these two bands still keep making the same type of music, and they keep releasing new albums once every five or so years. That's what I see for the future of bands like Chevelle and Breaking Benjamin. They're the lost children, if you will, from the 90s. Uh, late nineties, post grunge, early two thousand new age rock that just doesn't really exist anymore and there really isn't that big of a market in the same way that there was then. Yeah. yeah so and, and, and I think they're gonna be doing that forever. And and Three Days Grace would have been right there with them if their singer just didn't suck. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true but out of curiosity y'all have any more things you want to input in do. regards to the album or? i do okay and i hope i didn't away. knock
1: my cord out again because i keep leaning back to laugh and i keep <laughs> knocking my cord out um i would like to say i could have done without the first three tracks on this album. okay because i was just sitting there and especially the failure at angel's fall i was like i've heard this before like they sounded almost identical oh yeah remarkably to similar so- to like, their
0: past stuff. almost
1: identical i'm like so there's different lyrics but musically, it's basically the same yeah. song. So that was interesting. And then also, I felt like um, there were some, a lot of the songs on this album were really long. Like, if you look at yeah, the no, length of them, they're yeah. like higher three minute, four minute range. A good range. chunk of them are in the Like, four the minute majority room. of them. And I remember sitting there while listening to it, and even the songs that I did enjoy and appreciate, I remember sitting there going, when does this sucker end? Because we're like two minutes (laughs) in and it sounds exactly like we're not going anywhere. It's exactly the same. Yeah, We've already had all the little tricks pulled out of the bag, you know? Like we're just sitting here waiting for it to end (laughs) at this point. (laughs) So so I will say that.
2: Oh, wow. And she just said it's not a bad album. (laughs)
1: It's not that bad, but it is like, okay. All right, this is getting a little repetitive. I think they could have maybe shortened a lot of their songs That's i don't think fair. that the majority of them needed to be like four minutes yeah you know what i mean i, I well think, i can I think say two minutes I, or so
0: <laughs> is you know and i 30? hate <laughs> i hate to bring three days grace up again but that is oh one, here we go that is one <laughs> thing i actually think we brought up in the last in that episode that i actually think is a strong suit of three days grace is the fact that they do tend to keep it short it's a short to the point rock mm-hmm. song uh breaking benjamin Red not so much they like to draw things out you know um that's kind of like a new style though
2: i mean that's the thing about uh, so it's not that they're not incorporating anything new the difference between them and other bands that have come along that have introduced those longer stuff when i say new i obviously if you go back to like the 70s and 80s they had six minute, seven minute tracks i mean metallica songs are like 10 minutes long exactly so Mm Uh, it's not when i say new i'm talking like the the artists that are out today that are releasing stuff are releasing 5 6 maybe even 7 minute tracks the difference yeah. is yeah. is that they're actually taking you on a journey you're going somewhere different throughout the song so it doesn't feel like you're hearing the same thing breaking benjamin red they just drag these things on for so long and you're right your ears aren't listening to anything new so melanie i'm going to have to agree with your point there uh, i think at a certain point you you get to the point where you're just like uh, when is this over? When does the next <laughs> song start?
0: Yeah. Right, that's that's fair. That's fair. Not every band can be as uh, progressive as Red, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I can't laughs> oh, my. <Let's laughs> I just threw Red in there, yeah. so I don't know what you're talking if, about. If, huh? if we're going to talk about bands that take you on a journey, Red is definitely, uh, they're oh. they're, they're my homeboys when it comes to taking people on journeys. Oh, so... Not everybody agrees well, with, with me on that they, one. But. They do compose very well.
2: Uh, uh, they, they have great composition with strings. I will say that. There you go. There you go. It's very <laughs> cinematic.
0: <laughs> um, and we, any, Anyways, um, are there any other last-minute thoughts or contributions <laughs> that we want to throw out there? Uh, I'm assuming this means that we're wrapping up, right? Uh, yeah. No. It, it, did, did you want to? Oh, man. What if the listeners wanted more? <laughs> oh, man. If they want more, they got to go to my youtube channel and watch every single video and like every single one of them and then you know su- make sure that they're subscribed and if they're not subscribed they need to hit the subscribe button also while you're at go ahead while
2: you're at it go to my Bandcamp and download <laughs> our album and donate eight thousand dollars a piece i'm just kidding eight thousand dollars <laughs> a piece like per person done yes exactly no it's really funny how Bandcamp does it because like you can buy the album for what we sell it for which i think is 4.99 uh which is six tracks Uh, But then it gives you an option like in the checkout it's like do you want to pay more (laughs) like do you want to support this artist and actually pay more and someone did but it was weird they didn't pay me like it wasn't like it was like a whole lot more they paid like $1 more (laughs) and I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not complaining I just thought it was funny (laughs) I was just like. You gave me an extra dollar.
0: Thank I you. I would be I the guess. person thank who you. saw
1: that it was four ninety nine and added like a penny. Yeah, extra exactly. Just to have it oh, this they're like oh, <laughs> worth five dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna make it an even five. Uh,
2: last contribution, I guess. Just thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I mean, this, absolutely. This this was a lot of fun. I'm sorry if you're a hardcore Breaking Benjamin fan or Three Days Grace fan or Red fan, and I just made fun of your band. Uh, uh, but I. <sighs> I'm 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 a I'm an artist at heart. I love uh, true artistic expression and I feel like Benjamin Burnley can do better than this. And I think that's that's the only reason why I'm as critical as I am of this album. Uh, But I am looking forward to the new album. I think the the lead single Red Cold River is probably uh, a little bit more of what I was looking for in a Breaking Benjamin song. But we'll have to see how the rest of the album sounds. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So uh, in closing, why don't we kind of go ahead and give our scores on the album uh melanie do you want to start us off and we go one out of ten whatever that is
1: (laughs) i feel like i'm gonna give it the best score (laughs) just go
0: ahead put it out there
1: um i would say it's it's a solid six for me six out of okay i'll give it a six
0: that's fair okay Daniel, when she said it was
2: she was going to give it a big score, I thought she was going to give it like an eight. Well, that's or what I was thinking.
1: I was expecting, I was expecting to raise it for a seven she's or like, eight. She's I like like don't. Six? I'm like, what? I don't venture uh, okay. past seven the majority of the time. So For Melanie, oh, she is, that's she that's is that's pretty great. harsh with her, her. I am pretty her birdies, pretty harsh. Anyways,
2: Daniel. I would give it a half number, but I feel like that's kind of cheating and defeating the purpose of having a 1 through 10 scale. So, I'll err on the side of giving him a little bit more, and I'll bump up my 3.5 to a 4.
0: Okay. 4 out of 10. There you go. Um, I give it, and this is hilarious, I give it a 5 out of 10. So, we're (laughs) like all right there in the middle. Um, So... Thank you so much for coming on uh, this episode of Scratch That. And for those of y'all, like you mentioned before, if y'all have not listened to Fulcrum Lake, please check their band camp out or check them out on Spotify. Check out their music videos. Uh, the guy who, man, the guy who directed those videos is just super, super talented. I don't know who he is, but seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's a little bit of, little bit of self-promotion yeah. in there, too. <laughs> what? 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 anyways thanks so much for being on the podcast and hey guys listening uh please let us know what what you think about us having special guests on and stuff like that i definitely want to try to have more people on and i've been talking to more individuals and whatnot and i actually would love to have uh people that have already been on return to like maybe have conversations about uh aspects of the music industry and whatnot Um, but thank you all so much for your time and Daniel thank you for your time Mm -hmm. and we will see all of you on the very next episode of Scratch That
1: thanks for listening